it's, it's not like Rogan, but like it's, it, yes, it is a podcast, yeah. Hello, everyone. My name is John Russos, and this is the Here's My Thing podcast. This week's episode is about an unusual couple. You might say that there's a better chance of Mariah Carey falling in love with a pistachio than this actual scenario. Nonetheless, enjoy. It was already unlikely that they'd even get the chance to get to know one another, let alone fall in love. But here they were, awaiting the birth of a few thousand children, not even weeks into their relationship. Not much of it made sense. For starters, people see bears and they think a few things, one of which, them being paws deep in a river with water whitewashing around their ankles as they try to catch the flying masses of muscle that is salmon. And when people think of salmon, they think of directionally challenged fish who, while pregnant, have to evade 600-pound grizzly bears, bloodthirsty ones, and even scarier than that, middle-aged people outfitted from a bass pro shop. It goes without saying that this wasn't how things were supposed to happen. This was a very unlikely love story. It's something that E.L. James and Usher certainly hadn't told. But that didn't stop them. A grizzly bear and a sockeye salmon cuddled up on a bank along the Brooks River, feverishly in love. The main question is, how does a grizzly bear fall in love with a fish and vice versa? Well, I might ask the same thing about anyone who has ever fallen for Alex Jones. I guess the only explanation is that love really, and I mean really, knows no bounds. You might suppose the answer lies in mechanics. This particular bear, one whom his family members know as Dennis, had a snout shorter than most, but what he lacked in length and teeth he made up for with his tongue. It was actually freakishly long, something that you might find in a copy of Ripley's Believe It or Not. So long, it carried an uncanny similarity to Gene Simmons from Kiss. His friends even took to making fun of him for it. Hey, Genie, you're supposed to catch the fish and not lick them, you sicko. Dennis had no idea what the reference was about, nor could he care any less. He was too busy focusing on cradling the fish in ways similar to how someone named Corey would catch a lacrosse ball, which you could imagine resulted in his concernedly low FPH, fish per hour, percentage for him. This, of course, meant Dennis was slender than most, and not that he himself would have drawn this comparison, but I think he was a bear alternate for the group NSYNC. I mean, he walked around with frosted tip fur, along his back the color was closer to brown sugar, while settling in a rather decadent molasses by his feet. He really was cute, and it wasn't up for debate, but an undeniable fact, like how people who can swallow Advil without liquid possess powers beyond mortal limits. He met his future partner, Bree, the sockeye salmon, about a month before she was set to start constructing her red. The life of a salmon is fairly straightforward, and this isn't a jab at their intelligence, but really in comparison to the grizzly bear, an animal who has made appearances in many blockbuster films, even nearly killing Leonardo DiCaprio. There's more room for recreation and, and fiddling through campers' hummus packs when you have paws and are capable of moving around on land. You can't say the same about the sockeye salmon, let alone any fish that sometimes ends up topped with cuts of lemon and wrapped in tinfoil on a Weber grill. But where Bree's life was predictable, she was well informed of her purpose, to pass on the bloodline to keep her species going. She tried to enjoy the little pleasures of her journey, maybe a couple patches of warmer water, or if she was lucky, she'd swim behind Taylor, who, by and large, sported the best caudal fin in the entire run. It was a simple life. 
She could hope to be put in an edition of National Geographic or have someone who wears a vest with a lot of tiny pockets pick her out of the water for a program on the animal planet before being thrown back in. But if that didn't happen, it wasn't a big deal. She swerved when she had to, leaped when she needed, really only following the lead of those in front of her. It's how the two met that's touching. Now, unless you refer to foreplay as dominant male salmon aggressively charging and asserting themselves over their subordinates before engaging with females, salmon mating has no foreplay. There's little anticipation built, and the climax is anything but climactic, more of a death sentence really, knowing that once they lay their eggs, then they get to lay down themselves, which is what made the warm breath and coarse texture of Dennis's tongue such an unexpected treat. <laughs> Whoa, Bree said after Dennis had first corralled her. She hadn't been felt like this before. She wasn't sure what this was. Flayed rope? No, I mean, she'd be quicker to think that she'd accidentally swam into the intestines of a blue whale wading in the river before thinking a bear had fished like this. What was with the sharp teeth that rumored with the ripples of the very water she swam in? This was a completely different experience, maybe like how a bow constrictor tightens its hold on a wild boar, or like how those things at CVS take your blood pressure. Was this how all salmon went out, she wondered? Was it this lovely getting eaten by a bear? A cross between cunnilingus and a full-body massage by what feels like stuccoed rhubarb? Yes, comparison is the thief of joy, but hindsight really is twenty twenty. In retrospect, she found her own mating experience to be a more 1950s poor diet and high cholesterol Superman to whatever in the Henry Cavill she was experiencing right now. Dennis was just as confused. Usually, when he catches a fish, he has to secure them, then bring them to land because his snout is far too small to sink his teeth in standing up. It's those first few seconds where there's an initial struggle, muscles spasm, the fish will squirm trying to shrimp their body free, but Bree laid there even seeming to enjoy it, giving off what sounded like deep-gilled, wavering breaths. Dennis brought her to the riverbank, but not to eat. They both had some questions. I'm ready to go, but first, what was that? Bree asked. What was that? What, are, what were you doing? Admittingly, he struggled to get the words out. She was striking, Bree, her red hue stopping at her head like a partially peeled-off wheel of Baybell cheese. He had never taken the time to savor the aesthetic of a salmon's exterior. What was I doing? Swimming. The question's yours. If she had the word ecstasy in her vocabulary, one would think she would have worked it in there. Well, I was going to kill and eat you, but you were so calm, as if this was prenatal assumed even. Uh, my name's Dennis, and yours is? Bray. So Dennis told his story about how he has to hunt differently, given his small snout and large tongue, even opening up earlier than usual and bringing up the Gene Simmons references and, and teases that come with it, and she was unfamiliar too, but still listened with full intent. No one says that the hallmark of a good relationship is that they have to have everything in common, and that's just fine because Dennis and Bree quite literally had absolutely nothing in common. The hallmark of a good relationship is communication, and their relationship, which later ensued, wasn't good. It was phenomenal. Dennis escorted her up to the gravel beds where Bree was to construct her red, a trip that took closer to two months versus the expected three weeks. They joked, they got vulnerable, Dennis even getting in the water at parts to swim alongside her. When there were breaks in their conversation, Bree would wonder what her friends would think. 
What would Taylor and her perfect coddle fin think? They'd probably pull her aside to say, Sweetheart, what do you even talk about together? Bree would scoff in a playful way, then answer, <laughs> Oh, semantics, darling. And that would be that. It would be. And they would cross that bridge when they had to. But for the trip, it was just the two of them. A grizzly bear and a sockeye salmon. Everyone, my name is John Russos, and this has been another episode of the Here's My Thing podcast. Thank you for rocking with me. Until next time.